Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb in... For Colin Cowherd. I was just thinking of this. Um, just trying to think of the last time there was a movie or show or event that I was fired up for, that I set aside time for. And then I was like, yeah, that wasn't really worth all of the things that I've done to create this time. Right? Because what you what you can say, and of course I'm relating it to last night's Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, where th- there's a ton of talking points. There's some interesting, like, inside basketball. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are not really guards, so they don't know how to manipulate a zone. Like we can do the higher level sports conversation. We can do the hot takey thing. You know, where we we yeah, Brown or Tatum, gotta get rid of one. Do you fire Joe Missoula today? We could even go hacksaw Hamilton. I want to talk sports with you, right? Or we could make up a nickname for something we saw. Or we could talk about the toughness of Jimmy Butler. But I don't know. I just, I can't get over the fact that it was a game seven. It was the chance to have the greatest comeback or collapse in the history of the sport. And turns out the Heat were the better team at the start of the game and the better team at the end of the game. They got out to lead and for the most part... Kept the Celtics at bay. And then the last five or six minutes was just like, this is, can we just, let's just go. Like, have you ever been in an adult, adult league games do this and now youth games do this as well? Where it's like, there's like a minute left and it gets really bad. And like, hey, you guys want to call it? You good? You good? Like, we easily could have done that with about three minutes left, right? But the Celtics got rolled last night and the Heat avoided a collapse. And again, there's a lot of great sports stuff, right? Like the all the TNT guys, the inside the NBA guys could talk about was, man, it is loud in here. Man, it is hype in here. And there is nothing in the world that compares to winning on the road in that environment. And the way they did it was perfection. Took the crowd completely out of the game in the first quarter. What was it, like 28-15 at the end? You got scored 15 points in the first quarter. 15 points? I almost wanted to be the manager from Bull Durham and call them lollygaggers and throw baseball bats at them because 15 points! 
But um, in a very selfish way, I was like, dude, that was my Monday Memorial Day. I had other things I could do, but, you know, I was doing this show. I wanted to sound like I knew what I was talking about. I mean, a little bit more so than I usually do. And, you know, the people who invited me over to watch the game, there's always the questions from people who don't watch sports and just like, I can't do that tonight. I, I can't. I can't do. I just, I just want to watch the game. I just want to watch the game. And then I'm watching the game. Like, yeah, I set aside like three hours of my life that I would probably like back. You ever had one of those? And I'm guessing there's somebody driving going, yeah, Gottlieb. I set aside three hours listening to Cowherd, and I got you this morning. I'm fully well aware. I've been a fill-in guy forever, dude. I, I, I got it. But I'm trying to think of the last. My dad loved. My late father loved Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's was a movie built really around one joke where a guy was dead, only he had a sweet beach beach house and an effort to live that beach house lifestyle. Two young guys kept him quasi alive, you know, and made him wave to people with sunglasses on for the entire movie. And no one was the wiser. And for whatever reason, my dad found the entire thing hilarious. And I will never forget when Weekend at Bernie's 2 came out, he was so excited that he made my entire youth basketball team like, we're going to see Weekend at Bernie's 2. And they were like, okay, it was barely, it was clever the first time. An entire sequel out of the same joke, not funny. But I kind of knew that was coming. That was like a train schedule. It's already a sequel. It's a one joke movie. Even at that age, I knew. Trying to think of the last time I had that sort of letdown. Because again, this was not just, hey, it's a big game. It's, you could be watching history. Plus, there is something to, and I thought TNT did a really good job of showing some of these historical moments, uh, Celtic moments, Heat moments, Game 7 moments. Then you see the parquet floor, which is again, why I wouldn't go to a party or a cookout because inevitably there'd be a question of why, why, why does the Boston floor look different? And you're like, and I know most of you who are, I would say 98% of the people listening to the herd are like, are you kidding me? But the truth is there are people, many of them, in fact, that have no idea about Boston's parquet floor. And oh yeah, by the way, like if we really have to, it's, merely only exists because of historical significance. That That's it. There is no reason to have a parquet floor at this point in time in history. But we do. So I avoided that discussion. I avoided the, what's the name of the Boston coach? Why is he so young? Didn't they have another coach? What happened to him? Boy, I really used to like watching the Heat when they had Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Do you remember when they won a champion? Like just the all the other out conversation. I just want to watch the game. That game was not fun. Not fun. Um, and by the way, I said this yesterday. I've said it since the Denver Nuggets complained time and again, and others complained time and again about, you know, when the Lakers lost and the Nuggets won, why did we talk about the Lakers? Here's why. Because that's actually what we do in sports. We have a whole other series to talk about the Heat. But we got like a day and a half to talk about the Celtics. To pick at the bones like vultures of the Celtics. Here's Joe Mazzula, first year head coach, on coaching his players this season. Uh, it's one of the best locker rooms I've been a part of. The guys cared. And they gave it everything they had. It's the most important thing to take from this. Um, obviously, we didn't achieve our goal. We didn't win. Uh, we failed in that regard, but it's not because the guys didn't have a sense of togetherness, character, you know, and just who they are as people. Here's Jalen Brown accepting responsibility for the loss. Just a terrible game when my team needed me most. Like uh, uh, JT hurt his ankle, first play of the game, you know, you could see it like swelling up on him and he couldn't move out there. It was tough for him and, you know, my team turned to me to make plays and et cetera. And uh, I came up short, I failed. I expected to win today and move on. That's what my focus was on. That's what my focus has been on. We failed. 
I feel, and it's hard to think about anything else right now. Here's Jason Tatum on that ankle injury. It was just frustrating that I was kind of like a shell of myself. It's tough to move. Uh, you know, it was just frustrating, especially, you know, on the first play. I mean, talk about all the things that could go wrong, right? All the things that could go wrong. Jason Tatum, right around the rim, first play of the game, rolls his ankle. And then you're like, ah, he'd get a dunk. You're like, ah, he's okay. And then you see him try and defend somebody like, you know, he's a swinging gate. And, and, I, and as I've tried to explain to people, basketball has changed. It's not that Isaiah Thomas wasn't heroic playing for the Pistons against the Lakers with a bad ankle, but the way in which the sport works now, it's really hard to hide anybody defensively. It just is. They, they, they find you. You know, especially when you're playing a team that has the versatility of the Heat. But that's how basketball teams are built now. Everybody's got to be able to handle, dribble, pass, shoot, guard out in the perimeter, multiple guys. And they will find you. And all they did was, kind of like the Lakers with Steph Curry, let's just attack Jason Tatum as much as we can. And he can't stop anybody, so then somebody else helps, and then they find the open guy, and they make a shot. That's really kind of, in a nutshell... There, there's other things to be said, and in all honesty, the, the Celtics' offense was, or lack thereof, was the biggest culprit in their demise, but let's be honest, Jason Tatum uh, became a minus-minus defender because he couldn't consistently move to contain the ball. I like that Jalen Brown accepted, accepted you know, all the blame. He had eight turnovers. You, you, you can't win when one of your best players has eight turnovers. But part of that is the position in which he was put in where those turnovers were created. And he is not a traditional ball handler. He's not. Like we do this, well, positionless basketball. Yes and no. He's not really a two. He's definitely not a one. Yet here he is handling the ball against the zone and trying to make reads. And that's not really who he is. Some of that is because of injury. Some of that is because of coaching. Put in a position which was less than optimal. But that was an embarrassing performance by the Celtics. And the goodwill that was earned by coming from three games to none down was mostly lost last night. And I, I, I got to say, like, I, I know there's parts of a pregame speech we didn't see. But in the very last sentence of your pregame speech in game seven of an Eastern Conference Finals when you're playing at home, let's go have, guys, most important thing is to have some fun. Did the Celtics get juice boxes afterwards? Did they run through the tunnel? Got to tell you, the tunnel is kind of cool. But not cool when you get obliterated at home. And, and look, I, I love Missoula's disposition. Right? It's, it's in many ways obvious why Brad Stevens, who I consider to be an absolute brilliant human being and basketball mind, right? he's brilliant in many different phases of life, not just basketball, right? where he's kind of stoic and you don't know what's going right? But, man, there was that left a lot to be desired. What coach say to you to get you fired up? Let's go have some fun. May, having fun is the most important thing. Really? Really? Listen, guys. I understand we lost, but did you have fun today? Huh? huh? You know what's really fun in sports? This is what I found. Especially in Game 7s, but in, in hostile environments. You know what the most fun thing to do is? Kick the other team's ass. That's what's really fun. So I guess here's the question. Give me something in your life that was a letdown recently to the level of, right? To the level of last night's game. Could be a date. Man, she looked good on the app. Then you show up and be like, woof. You know, I got a I got an early morning tomorrow. Could be, you know. Could be a, a car. Right? You finally get your dream car and you hop in and you're like, yeah. 
Could be a lot of things. Could be a concert you went to. Man, I've been waiting all year, saved up, got in the pit, and then I just didn't like the vibe, didn't like the set list. They weren't bringing it. Could be the movie Air. Some people are just like, I I thought it was going to be good or better. Maybe it's interesting, but not great. And of course, we'll dissect and do the obit for the Boston Celtics. What do you do now? Because there's a, there's some, there's a parallel there, in my mind, to another NBA team that had multiple MVPs, actually three MVPs. And I, I'm very interested to see what the Celtics do next. As a matter of fact, I'll ask Frank Isola. He's covered the NBA for years. He has his own show on SiriusXM. We'll get his thoughts on what next for the Celtics. What do these finals look like? And what can we take from the current state of the NBA from this finals matchup? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb in for Collins, The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Iowa Sam on the ones and twos. Saw Muse in concert in Anaheim with my daughter. Jealous. They were great. Really, really, really good. Um, yeah, that game was a bummer, you know? And and again, there's a lot you can take from it. It's like, uh, we, I, I asked this yesterday. It's like, well, if you're the Heat, how do you bounce back from, one, you're walking into a snake pit. Secondly, you know, as much as you trailed most of the game in game six, you know, three seconds to go, you get sort of a stop. All you got, at the you know, you're 0.1 seconds away from winning the game. It, it feels like it rips out your heart. How do you come back from that? Right? How do you, how do you come back from that? But what proved to be obvious is one, obviously there's just some part, some part of you that has to say, Hey, the, the heat were better. 
But also, there was a lack of energy there. And look, we don't know because Tatum was hurt. And if Tatum wasn't hurt, what does it actually look like, et cetera, et cetera. But the other part to it is the emotion and energy spent in coming from behind in that series had to take some sort of some sort of toll. Had to take some sort of toll on the Celtics. Let's welcome in Frank Isola, longtime NBA scribe. Of course, he has uh, his own show on Sirius XM NBA Radio. You'll see him across all the networks talking about the sport. Uh, Frank, if somebody didn't spend any time watching last night's Game 7 in Boston, how would you describe it? <laughs> Lackluster by Boston, but to your point, give the Miami Heat a lot of credit. They took a gut punch at the end of Game 6, but I thought, I actually thought they would win the game just because I, I thought uh, I thought they'd been better throughout the series. And the one thing about Eric Spolster, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, I think those guys are mentally tough, and I think the role players kind of take their cues from them. So unlike Joel Embiid and James Harden going up to Boston for Game 7 after they blew the last four minutes of Game 6, I, I thought you'd get a different response. There were some ominous signs, obviously. The Tatum ankle twist on the, what was that, the first possession of the game. Then there was that weird timeout by uh, by Joe Mazzulla. It was 9-4. Like, nobody had scored for a couple of possessions. And the Celtics grabbed an, uh, a rebound and were starting on a break, and Joe Mazzulla called timeout. At the time, it was 9-4. to After that, I think Miami outscored uh, Boston 18-6 to the rest of the quarter. My thing was the crowd was into it, even though Boston wasn't really playing that well at the start. It just seemed like that, that, that was an odd timeout. It's not the reason that they lost. But that first quarter, a lot of so many, too many bad things happened, and they ended up only scoring 15 points in the first 12 minutes. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I just it, it allowed the 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 nervousness and the tension to build with the Celtics fans instead of, you know, ha- having the energy. And I I get it. Like Tatum hurts his ankle, and now you start to look at Plan B and Plan C. But that was a it was a very curious curious moment. Okay, so what now for the Celtics? What what changes do you believe they will make? Because anything is on the table. What do you think they'll actually do? Well, I think the two things will be the head coach and, you know, what what are you going to do with Jalen Brown? I think the fact that Brad Stevens hired Joe Mazzulli, he was behind the bench, and a lot of those assistant coaches that were, that were left over when Ime Adoka was suspended, those were Ime Adoka guys. I think some of them are going to go to Houston. And I think for Boston, you know, Doug, if you look at it, Last year on their bench, they had Ime Adoka, Will Hardy, and Damon Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Two of those guys are now NBA head coaches. Damon Stoudemire is now the head coach at Georgia Tech. They never replaced those guys. It's certainly not with any experienced assistant coach. So I would think that for Joe Missoula, I think it would help if he did have a couple of more experienced guys on the bench, certainly a former head coach. So I think the fact that Brad Stevens took this leap of faith with his guy, that was Joe Missoula that he hired. Yep. Then obviously promote him to head coach, and they gave him an extension. I think they're going to stick with Joe Missoula. Then the big question will be Jalen Brown. Who, let's face it, he had a horrible uh, game seven. You know the eight turnovers. He, you know, I, two years ago I remember thinking he needs to improve his dribble and his decision making, and it really hasn't changed that much in the last two years. But in fairness, they've won a lot of games with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. They have, I think. Here, here's I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go a little basketball talk in there. You're you're not when you're in your mid twenties, you're not evolving as a decision maker and a ball handler, right? Like he's in a position to. I mean, and look in the open court in regular season basketball, you know, coming off a wing, you know, when the ball is kicked to him, making plays, great. When he has to be the facilitator, the guy who who sets up and runs and gets and reads the pick and roll, like that's not who he is. He he's that's this is not a role that he can fill. It doesn't. And people say, well, you, you're saying he stinks. No, I'm not. No, nope. but but that that comes from like his entire life and career. He was basically a wing. You know, he was a wing. Catch it, go get it or bring it down and go get it. That's not what he's being asked to do. And it was, you know, credit the heat by playing his own. They made him have to make reads and play differently and more uncomfortably than he normally plays and obviously doesn't dribble the ball nearly as well with his left hand, but he's, he's not the first NBA guy. Like Jordan didn't go left very often. 
Kobe didn't go left very yeah. often. But they also, and basketball has changed then, but they also ne- weren't necessarily put in positions to be decision makers. They were just kind of scorers and scoring wings. So I, I think there's a, there's a lot to it as to what you can expect from them in the future. Is there a and, world in which he's not back with the Celtics? I, I think there is. I also think he would be smart to maybe you know hire you for a minute as an advisor because you know you described his game pretty well, and then you hear and grant that this is on the outside. You know, I would think that a lot of it has to be true. The idea that he wants to be a number one guy. All right, so you're going to get paid like a number one guy if you stay in Boston, but you get to play with Jason Tatum, and I get it, Jason Tatum gets um, you know a lot more of the attention, a lot more of the accolades. He's the guy that finishes all first-team All-NBA, and he finishes in the top five of MVP. But you know, last night was your opportunity to be the number one guy yeah. with Jason Tatum struggling. How did that work out? I, so I, don't, I, I sometimes wonder if young players think they're supposed to say this stuff because their buddies, when they're around them, they think, yeah, you're a number one guy. You need to go somewhere where you're the number one guy. All they've done in Boston, and I get it, they haven't won the championship, but all those two guys have done together is win. So the, like, I don't understand why you still want to be a part of it. Now, are they going to give him, I guess he's due for a 35% raise, so it could get to like $300 million. doesn't mean that the Celtics are going to give him that. But the guy's going to make more money than he's ever going to need. I, I, that's the part that I don't understand. And when he was asked about it last night, it was just strange. They didn't say, oh, I love it here. Oh, we've had, we've, all we've done is win here. We haven't won yet, but that's our goal. Instead, he was, mm, I, 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 I don't really know how to answer that. All right, so you want to go be the number one guy somewhere? Good luck, because with that, it's going to come a lot more pressure, a lot more responsibility, and then you're going to realize, you know what? In Boston, I had a pretty good thing going with Jason, with Jason Tatum and the rest of the guys. Now, that's if it's his choice. It's still up to the Celtics. They could decide, you know what, maybe it's time to move on from him. And I would think that would be something, you know, you're already hearing that the Celtics don't want to move him, which makes sense. But I think there'll be a lot of chatter over the next few weeks. Because remember, Jalen Brown's name does come up a lot. Remember last year he got all bent out of shape because he was, God forbid, linked to a trade for Kevin Durant. I think right? almost be flattered right. that you'd be <laughs> linked to Kevin Durant. So I think, I think this is going to be, this to me will be actually a bigger story for the Celtics this summer than the situation involving Joe Missoula. Yeah, it's it's I, I agree with you. It's going to be fascinating, and Brad has never been a guy that just kind of stand pat, although they kind of did stand pat, made some additions because they went to the finals last year and felt like they were close, and now it doesn't feel like they're as close if you kind of look around maybe the, the landscape. Um, the other side to it is the heat. You know, last night it's Duncan Robinson. Last night it's all these ancillary players. Obviously you had to on some level, help on Jimmy Butler. But these these guys that most uh, mainstream people, fans that come over to the NBA in the playoffs, like, I have no idea who Gabe Vincent is. Those are the guys who are help leading you to um, an NBA Finals. What, what, does it, what does it say about this organization that they're able to do it with guys that literally need a, a, a name and bio description every time they're mentioned? It's funny. I always think of what Pat Riley's been able to do, and even if you go back to when he was the coach of the Knicks, and he basically discovered and invented guys like Anthony Mason and John Starks, guys sure. that you know were back then. It was the C, you know they were CBA players. I think Anthony Mason was playing overseas, and you know both of those guys eventually became all stars. And when he got down to Miami, whether it was guys like Ike Austin, and then eventually it was you know Udonis Haslam, who somehow is still there. And, you know, a few years back, it was Hassan Whiteside. And now it's Max Struess and Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. And I wondered how well those guys were doing Game 7. I thought that would be the key because it is different. You know, your role players, Duncan Robinson missed two huge shots at the end of Game 6. And I sure. thought, would that carry over? It didn't carry over. But I think it's something, you know, the Miami Heat are very, you know, it's all about repetition. It's all about putting the work in. I got to give Jimmy Butler a lot of credit too. Jimmy Butler is one of these guys during the game, and come on, Doug, the NBA has become a complained league, especially the superstars. Jimmy Butler doesn't do that a lot. You don't see him after every missed shot, staring at the ref, jumping up and down, and pointing to his arm. I got hit on my arm, and it's just like his calm, cool demeanor and just like you know toughness. I think that trickles down to the rest of the team, and that's what they showed me yesterday. And Caleb Martin. You know, it's funny, during the telecast, I said to say on radio, I mean, Reggie Miller, all he did was praise Caleb Martin, how he's the best player on Miami in the series, yet he voted for Jimmy Butler for MVP. I thought Caleb Martin should have been the MVP of the series, but I think it's just a tribute to what they do in Miami in terms of 
picking the right players and then developing them. What does Eric Spolster say? Pat Riley used to say it all the time, too. We're not for everybody. And the guys that work out there seem to work out pretty well. No, I mean, Caleb Martin was in takeover mode in that second quarter. And uh, he was... He was incredible. Like his his twin brother was drafted. He was not. Like that's that's like an all that's like an all timer, all all timer. And he's just gotten better and better. Um, news just breaking that Bob Myers stepped down with the Golden State Warriors. It's not a surprise, right? Especially you. You've covered this league for over two decades. Um, but what does it say about Golden State's offseason? that there'll, there'll be a regime change in terms of the front office. Yeah, Brian Scalabrini is my radio partner, and Bob Myers was his agent. And all year long, Brian was kind of saying the same things that Bob Myers. I don't know, I don't know. And Bob Myers said at the end of the season, I'm going to take some time to decide. Usually when a guy says that, they've already decided. Right. And the rumors had been out there for a while that he was likely going to step down. There's been also, I don't know if they've named anybody yet, but there's always, there, there was talk in the middle of the season, Bob Myers would be leaving. Steve Kerr might move upstairs and maybe Kenny Atkinson would take over as coach. I don't know if all that is in play, but there did seem to be, you know, maybe a little butting of the heads between ownership and Bob Myers, which I think is completely absurd. I think Bob Myers has done obviously an an excellent job there. They've won all these titles. He's going to be a, you know, much sought after guy. He might take a year off, but you know, you know what I think it is. You know what I think it is. I mean, help me out. I mean, it's they, they missed on the draft picks. That's that's really what, kind of what it comes down to is that with the Wiseman, Wiseman got hurt, didn't evolve, and they they gave up on him this year and traded him. You know, Kaminga hasn't been nearly what they thought, but but I mean the the Wiseman one jumps out at you, and and oh yeah, by the way, like I was I was for the Wiseman one just from the aspect of like they had never really replaced Bogut, and they knew they needed they they needed twenty five minutes from an athletic big, and. He hasn't. wasn't good enough. I think the draft picks, all the good that he did, and he, Bob Myers has done a lot of good. I would say Wiseman and Kaminga are what ultimately led them to uh, to a, a bit of a break because owners don't know that it's such a it's it's a high miss rate in the NBA draft, especially now. But they they needed those two guys to come through and to be contributors for the older guys. No, you're 100 percent right. They missed big time on James Wiseman, and I also you know it's funny because I thought about that. Last week, when Carmelo announced his retirement, Carmelo Anthony did, and you know Detroit that year. Detroit was kind of in the same situation as Golden State. Golden State was winning championships. Detroit had won one, gotten to a couple of finals, but they were right at the height of you know the prime years of all those key players, and they took Darko Milicic over Carmelo. And you know the idea was, well, you know we already have guys like Carmelo. That never makes any sense. You know, Portland didn't draft Michael Jordan because they already had Clyde Drexler on the team. They took, well, we might as well draft Sam Bowie. I know one thing, Golden State, when they had Monte Ellis on the team, they still drafted Steph Curry. How did that work out? I never understand when teams go on need as opposed to just draft who you think is the best player available at that pick. Now, remember, Golden State could have had LaMelo Ball. Yep. And if you had LaMelo Ball, you'd be in a position maybe to make some other trades. So James Wise, whenever you draft that high, and this is true of every team, when you draft that high and you miss, it is a major, major setback. And that clearly was a setback for the Golden State Warriors. It's going to be something that's going to hurt them uh, down the road. Who wins the NBA Finals? I think Denver will figure out a way. I just think their size will be a little too much, especially if they could take game one because we know they have, they'll have the built-in excuse of nine days off. But I, th- I think Denver will figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, it's a completely different team when, you're, when you're, your center can be your, your point guard. Um, it's it it completely changes how you guard things, and it brings Bam away from the basket. It's gonna yep. be it's gonna be fasting. Frank, great stuff. I'll enjoy listening to your show later. Thanks for being our guest in the herd. Be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting, or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is, for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray depression anxiety so now i'm coming out with a new podcast unbreakable a mental health podcast with jay glazer where each week while we talk about mental health i hope to describe it give it words listen to unbreakable with jay glazer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it's the kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a b&b with an ocean view 
an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. It's the Herd. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Uh, one of my favorite things to discuss in sports radio is unintended consequences. Right? The law of unintended consequences. It's a fascinating thing. Because, you know, and, and people will always advise you. It's like, you know, if you're the one to get your life together, like, be intentional. Be intentional. But I look at unintended consequences as anybody play chess. I, and and it, it sounds like snobbish, like saying you play chess is like saying, like quoting a novel. Like, oh, here we go. Chess guy. You're so much better than checkers guy. Well, yeah, that's why they say this guy's playing chess and this guy's playing checkers. And the, the whole thing, when you have like your finger, you're about to move it and you, hold on. It's like you have to like spin around the board and look at what the other guy is looking at. I move this piece. What does it do to the entire board? The intended consequences to put myself in position to get the queen or to take this rook or to whatever. It's the unintended consequence you have to worry about. And unintended consequences are, are you know, it's like um, how many times have you heard people go like, you know, why don't we have the flat tax rate? I'm old enough now and people who know anything about politics. Remember, there's a guy named Steve Forbes who ran for president and the entire he was like, a, am running on. I'm a one trick pony flat tax rate, which sounds awesome. It's like, look, everybody. Play, I think it was like I felt like it was like 23 percent, like everybody plays 23 percent and it's going to be all good. I'm going to be all good. Like whatever you make, 23%. Then like people who actually understand about paying taxes, like, um, well, okay, but what about people who claim they make far less than they make? Which is many people who make in the, the top tax brackets. Remember, there'd be no tax brackets, but everything you pay is based upon what you bring in and there are ways... Lots of them to change, hide, stuff aside what you actually bring in. And then, like, what if you don't make anything? You got to pay 23% of nothing? Oh, yeah, by the way, some of the unintended consequences, 
what do you do with all the accountants and accountant for accounting firms? There's a, like, what do they do? <laughs> um, your jobs are no longer needed. Thousands and thousands of thousands of them. Right? There's a, a lot of different issues with it that we could go into. Um, I mean, really, you take any sort of groundbreaking breakthrough ideas and the the unintended consequences in many ways take six months, a year, two, three years. And then by the time you figure them out, sometimes they're so overwhelmingly negative that even if the change that caused them was a positive, you wish you hadn't done it. Joe Clatt actually spoke about one of those things. He was on, uh, Jason Whitlock has a show called Fearless. He said this about name, image, and likeness, NIL being paid out to college athletes. In a lot of cases, a lot of these cases, the money that these kids make in the next year, two, or three will be greater annualized than any future year of their life. And that's there's there are some deep consequences to that. In particular if their their identity and joy aren't attached to something more solid above money, which in our culture is so rare. He makes a great point, you know? And and I have a I have a dear friend who's a really high level offensive coordinator. And he told me last year this time we were having a beer and he's like um you know, people think that athletes were exploited before. He's a former athlete. He's like, you want to see exploitation? Watch the next five years in college athletics. You know, where we have kids either signing with or transferring to schools really based upon how much money they get in NIL. But it's not really NIL. Name, image, and likeness is supposed to be you score a touchdown and somebody goes like, hey, man, you want to come down to my bar and uh, we'll give you a little bit of money. You make an appearance. You sign some autographs, things like that. Not there's a collective and they figure out a couple of tweets you can do and pay you some money. The intended consequences of name, image, and likeness are good, right? Well, why can't an athlete be an ath- athlete and get paid much like I've heard Jay Billis say, the, just like a music student. Well, there's a bunch of other things that you're not mentioning that athletes are far more supported than any sort of student in music school. You don't just have the support in terms of your sport, just like music. You have these incredible facilities. You have the fallback of athletics. You have academic support. You have training. You have training table, what you eat, all that other stuff. Okay, but if we just take the, hey, we give you money. Well, then who do you work for? The coach, do you play for the coach or do you play for the collective? Oh, yeah, by the way, everybody wants them to be employees. Here's the thing about employees. They can be fired really easily. Replaced. That's what happened to Colorado. Right? Sorry, your, your services are no longer needed here. Oh, yeah, by the way, the multi-transfers, you don't have an alma mater. Why does that matter? When you get done playing in football, it's a lot sooner than any other sport you need that alma mater to help you find your next spot or your next phase of your life. Unintended consequences sometimes make you think the intended consequences aren't worth it. I'm going to tell you the most interesting story in the NBA Finals. Is. It's an easy one. It's next in The Herd. One more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. What up? Welcome in this as the herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Thanks so much for tuning in. The iHeartRadio app, Fox Sports Radio, and foxsportsradio.com. Iowa Sam on the ones and twos, the great Elijah doing the digital work, and of course, Jason Stewart, longtime radio producer, personality, former member of the XR4TI crew. <laughs> alongside. Hope you had a good Memorial Day, which means uh, summer is here. And um, the NBA Finals are here as well. And um, I do feel like there's an elephant in the room. 
Here's a question. Where does elephant in the room come from? I, always, I like that expression, right? Chase, dude, can you look that one up for us? Like, Where does elephant in the room come from? What is the, um, is it ephthalmology? What's the background of that? I love when, I, I love how say, all these sayings you have, it comes from something, right? Like people always misuse, they say it's a tough road to hoe. No, it's a tough row to hoe. That's a farming term, right? It's a very tough row to hoe. Um, but there's usually a background. Yes. What's the, is it, is it the origin, the origin, right? Uh, I feel like I'm at the, the spelling bee. What's the origin? What's country origin? Remember, uh, Yvonne Kroloff, famous poet in the 19th century. Okay. Poet and fabulist. This is actually really good because (laughs) one of you, and I know I'm going to use this, right? Is the next time you hear elephant in the room, you're going to be like, you're going to be the Cliff Clavin. Like, you know, you know, that comes from, go ahead. He wrote a fable entitled The Inquisitive Man. What's which, the guy's name? Uh, let's see. Yvonne Krolov. Oh, you know what Krolov said? I was just reading The Inquisitive Man last night, to yes. be honest. And uh, it's about a man who goes to a museum and notices all sorts of tiny things, but fails to notice the elephant. Hence the proverb. Ah, okay. You know, Krolov said it's the elephant in the room, right? You just you mentioned that at a bar and be like, Oh, this guy's Krolov. Oh, yeah, I read all of Krolov's work all the time. You know what the elephant in the room is? Jokic, right? Now, look, there's a reason we didn't pay that much attention to the Nuggets when they swept the Lakers. We do that even with the Heat today. Let's just be honest. Teams lose, and we do the obit, and what's going to happen. And, I mean, when the Warriors lost to the to the Lakers, we did the same thing. We did. We the exact same thing. We're like, ah, Bob Myers, is he going to step down? Yes, he just stepped down. What happens with Draymond Green? Well, Steve Kerr said there is no championship window without Draymond Green. Feels like Draymond's going to be back, right? No one said any. No one said, hey, there's no championship window without Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's gone. But we did it when, when anyone loses. We talk about the dearly departed. TNT has them going fishing, and then we kind of dissect the body, if you will. But the other part to it, and the Nuggets continuing calls for respect and attention, it's not that they don't have respect. It's that they haven't gotten a lot of attention. Now, part of it is it's mountain time zone. I don't know, mountain time zone. Well, mountain time zone is kind of money, right? It's kind of money. Like, if you watch a game in California that starts at 7, it's done at 10 there. It's like 6 in the start of an NBA game, like... Wait, you're done at, at nine? That's perfect. I don't first quarter of an, a regular season NBA game, can't watch it anyway. All that matters is the fourth quarter, and that's on at really at eight o'clock when it's the Nuggets. And oh yeah, by the way, if you're East Coast, at East Coast, it's like, all right, if it's a seven o'clock start time, it's nine o'clock. You know, you're done before midnight. It's not as bad as when it's West Coast. It's a little less. But mountain time zone, no one ever says, like, let's focus on what people in the mountain time zone think. They're at best, at best, the second most popular team in the city of Denver. They've never won a championship. They've never been to an NBA finals. They've had a multitude of jerseys. I like the old ones with the old Denver skyline, the old Dan Issel, Alex English ones, whatever. Okay. It's not for lack of stars. Of course, they had Carmelo and then they had AI for a little bit with Carmelo. It's just they're the they're one of those teams. You're like, yeah, okay. But I believe that a good portion of people, even people in sports, they didn't watch the Nuggets play in the regular season. They haven't seen a Nuggets game since really the bubble. And the only reason you watch them in the bubble is because you had to. There's nothing else on, right? It, we were literally a we we were a, a secured audience. I can quote somebody. Remember Yakov Shmirnov? Remember the the comedian Yakov Shmirnov? <laughs> is he still alive? Is he still playing in Branson? There's like the Yakov Shmirnov Theater in Branson, Missouri. He used to do all this like Russian Soviet humor. You know the thing about comedy in Russia? You have you have a secured audience. They're not going anywhere, right? It was amazing. He I like he was like it was like one joke that his entire bit was about. 
Yes, Iowa Sam. Do you have some Yakov Shmirnov? You're leaning into the infra, the microphone like you have Yakov Shmirnov information. I believe he has. There's a theater named after him, and I think he still performs in Branson, Missouri. He's still around. Does he have the Yakov Shmirnov theater? I'm sure he does. He's okay. 72. 72. Yakov Shmirnov. Anyway, I think the as uh, as Krolov said, there's an elephant in the room. It's that no matter how much we like, love, adore, and want to say great things about Jokic, right? He's got brothers, like they're all inked up. I was in Huntington Beach the other day. If you've ever been to Huntington Beach, California, you're like, you know, outside of WWE, I think the place that the Jokic brothers belong the most is Huntington Beach, Main Street with like a cutoff t-shirt, all inked up, all yoked up. Like, like Huntington Beach is the MMA capital of California. And there's lots of dudes. I, I, I went to get my car and there was a, uh, there was a really nice white Tundra with, that was, it had a lift kit on it, black on black wheels. And it was like inches away from my door. Cause it was parked you know, on the, on the double whites, like even well over the double whites. And I just thought to myself, I was like, huh, pickup truck in Huntington beach with an HB logo raised lift kit parked, not in the actual parking lane. Like that says Huntington beach to me. Jokic boys belong in Huntington beach. If not in MMA or, or UFC, I mean, uh, or, um, or even, even WWE. Like they could be main characters or bad guys in a Bond movie too. They could do that as well. Uh, definitely look like some goons. Those that is, I do that is not the family I want to run into and talk ish about their background or their brother's ability to play basketball. But I I, I wrote down a list and I don't do the list that I know others who contribute to this show do the the top ten players. In the NBA, the top 20 players of the just these are about the top 10 dudes in the league right now. Okay. In no particular order, Embiid, I guess maybe with particular order, he won the MVP. Jokers won the past two MVPs before that, and Giannis won the past two before that. So they're three of the top five. Is that okay? And then I'd put Luca there as well. All right. Put Luca there. I'd still have Kevin Durant there. I'd have Anthony Davis there. I'd put Steph in that mix. I personally, I think Jalen Brunson, he received more MVP votes than anybody not on this list. Jason Tatum. I'm not a huge Tatum guy, but he is a scoring machine and a versatile defender. And then the, the best player of the last month and a half of the season was Kawhi Leonard. He's won two finals MVPs, but yes, he does keep getting hurt. That does happen. And obviously, you know, somebody's going to like LeBron, like even LeBron kind of admitted, like I'm better than 90, 95% of the league. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with 90. But he's not a top 10 player anymore. He's he's just not. But he's in the discussion. But if I said that's the 10 best and we're willing to trade out one or two, are we okay with that? Right. Okay. The guys you wouldn't trade out would be Embiid, Joker, Giannis, Luka. You would not trade them out. They are in any discussion of the 10 best players in the league. They're all foreign born. Okay. And what happens is, um, what's it called when you, you're, is it a xenophobe? The xenophobe? When, yeah, right? Xenophobe, when, you, when you're afraid of foreign things. I am not a xenophobe. Right? I love French toast and French fries just like any good American. I'm kidding. Like I, I, I had somebody who said the other day, like, don't you just want to just travel? Like, yeah, actually, why not? Why have I not traveled more? Every time I go, I'm like, man, why don't I do this more? And then of course, every time I come back, I'm like, this is the best country ever. But I'm not afraid of, to mention that foreign basketball is awesome, different, unique. I've actually played in 12 different countries, played professionally for three different organizations in three different countries. Last uh, summer, I spent a month coaching and living in, in Israel. 
This is not me being a xenophobe, but we kind of are as a country. We have this weird sort of thing where we all came from somewhere else, but like, yeah, now once you're in, like we, it's going to be a hard sale on the American public that a team in the time zone that we care the least about that has done very, very little has the best player who we didn't see play in high school. We didn't see play in college, right? Many of us, haven't seen him play at all this year. Like, who is this guy? And he's kind of awkward. He's fun. He's talented. In By no means is this me taking away from who he is. Like, he's awesome. And by the way, Serbian players, like I, my first professional team I was supposed to play with out of college was training in Israel. This is a complicated one. Training in Italy supposed to play in St. Petersburg, Russia, and was coached by a Yugoslavian coach. And I can tell you unequivocally, they do not like little dudes. Like all their point guards, all their centers, everybody's six, seven and above, and they can all handle, pass, dribble, shoot, whatever. And that's really what he plays like. He just happens to be big and have to play center, but he's really like a point guard. He's incredible. But this is one of those deals where... You get away from, we think this is an American sport. A Canadian invented it, but that's okay. Um, And many of the things that we dismiss as not important, like playing in college basketball, it builds up kind of a following. Why is Steph Curry so incredibly popular? Well, one, by by any estimation, he's as good a dude as there's ever been as a superstar. I think that helps. But we saw him play for Davidson. Then there's the videos of him with his dad when his dad was a player. Then we've seen him grow in this meteoric rise or whatever. Right? LeBron James, we've known him since he was 17 years old and he jumped off the screen playing in a high school game at, at, at UCLA. Like we've known him. There's a, there's a relationship there. He's one of us. Right, We know about his mom, Gloria, and how he was raised without a dad, and then his friends, and he brought them with him. Like We know them. We don't know who Jokic is. We know anything about him. He literally just arrived. You're like, well, he did, Doug, you're just, you haven't paid attention. You won the last two MVPs. Like, dude, nobody in the street knows that. They have zero clue. Wait till you see the reaction after game one. Like, he dominates with a triple-double. People go like, man, i never seen some stuff like that. Like, that's what he does every game. He's really, really good. Well, he shoots these one-foot shots. I know! The uh, Krolov's elephant in the room is, I, I don't think we're ready to turn over the American game to the foreign-born player, even though we lost it a while back, right? Embiid, Joker, Giannis, Luca, not born here, not raised here. Okay. Embiid at least played in college for a year. Remember, didn't play in the NCAA tournament. But I, I think that one of the things lacking in the next wave of the NBA, which, look, dude, this is coming, right? You have two unbelievably talented, unbelievably well-liked. And look, there's there's always going to be a polarizing nature to anybody. I think LeBron's more polarizing than Steph is. But LeBron's got like a year left, probably a second one on some level to try and, you know, to play with Bronny, do the old uh, Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. thing. Steph, did you know Steph Curry's 35 years old? Just because he runs around and plays like a like a kid, just like at some point there's a limit there and he's going to shut it down. The next wave, not necessarily American-born players. And let's see how the world reacts to Mountain Time Zone, Denver Nuggets, nobody watches them in the regular season, no real history of success, taking on an eight seed in the finals. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.